Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington back with another episode of KJV Cafe. So glad you're joining us here today. Uh, if you haven't already, um, look us up on YouTube, KJV Cafe. Just search that up. We're also on Facebook uh, and you can look us up on your favorite podcast app. We also have a weekend edition. If you haven't already, that's uh, subscribe to that on the podcast app of your choice. The weekend edition comes on Friday and Saturday, and it's a 30-minute episode, so definitely check that out. And lots of other things in the works right now, which I will announce when we're ready, but just exciting things happening here at the cafe. Hopefully, you're having a great day, a great week. What are we talking about? We're in the Bible. We're looking and studying Genesis 2. We're going verse by verse. And we're moving right along in Genesis 2, actually. We're down to verse 16 here. And uh, verse 16 and 17, we're going to spend the next couple episodes talking about that. But let's look a little bit at prior to that. The last episode, we talked about the Garden of Eden. And it says here, uh, verse 8, I'll start there and I'll read up to our text verse today. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put man whom he he had formed. And out of the uh, ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of of knowledge of good and evil. We're going to get to those two trees today. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, that is is which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good, and there is Bedlam, an onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon, the same that is that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hadikiel, that is which is goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So we have here this setup of the Garden of Eden. We understand that something so plentiful uh, in terms of plants needed a fair bit of water. And so there was a river so powerful that it split off into four. And uh, that's a pretty exciting river, a big river, amen. And that river is no longer able to be found because here we're given clues about Ethiopia and Assyria and different places. And yet we can't find the Garden of Eden because we can't find that river that breaks out into four. And as mentioned last episode, how on earth are more people not talking about the flood? Because clearly that would have had a huge impact. I mean, I, I couldn't find hardly anybody mentioning the flood. Uh, but the flood would have, uh, Noah's flood I'm referring to, would have completely wiped out these rivers for the most part. And maybe a couple of them reemerged by God's grace and mercy to help us have a little clue about where this uh, Garden of Eden is. But certainly there's no four-headed river that meets this description that anyone can find. And we can see great research done on this by many individuals. But again, if you're a born-again Bible-believing Christian, you have two reasons not to worry too much about this Garden of Eden location. One re- Well, three reasons. One reason is that there was a flood and that could have wiped it out. The other reason happens 
previous to that, man falls into sin, which is we're kind of setting up here. And the, you know, the curse falls upon man and that could have changed things. Certainly it did for man. Uh, and then the third reason is that in heaven, it'll be like paradise. In heaven, it will be paradise. And heaven will be perfect. And there will be a river uh, in heaven. Amen. And we'll have that river of life in heaven. It'll be a perfect place. The tree of life will be in heaven. We'll be able to eat of it freely, as I understand. It is going to be a perfect place. And there'll be parallels from the Garden of Eden to heaven that certainly we'll be able to make in heaven. And in heaven, we should have perfect knowledge. We will know like we've been known. We'll be able to then discern better all of what was pictured in Eden as a heavenly place that actually results in a true heaven where the believer lives. And heaven is a real place where the born-again believer goes when the rapture occurs or when they die, whatever happens first. That's a real place. And we see here, uh, a very clear picture of what paradise may look like. And I can't think, you know, of a better place to be. I mean, I think a lot about this. I'm going to say this, we'll hit the break, and then we're going to get into our text verse. But I think a lot about how, you know, it's been very, you know, every winter here seems to be kind of cold uh, compared to warm weather places, I guess, uh, in the foothills here of North Carolina. Uh but it seems extra cold this year. I'm sure I'm sure it was extra cold last year too, but it seems extra cold. And I think about how in the winter, it's kind of like you just, sometimes you kind of just kind of duck down and, you know, what do you do? You just, I don't know, hibernate, I guess my wife would say, you know, just, you know, cozy up, maybe drink a little, little extra coffee and read books or tea and, you know, drink tea or cook at home. Just kind of just be like lodged up and gets dark early and all and, the frost in the morning, all this stuff. And what happens in the warm weather? You know, you're just bouncing to be outside, right? Most of the time, not all the time, but oftentimes you want to be outside. The sun is out later, so it gets dark so much later. You just get almost like another day. You know, it's almost like in the summer, you get two days out here. Sometimes it's not dark till what, nine o'clock. It's incredible, you know, compared to being dark at like 5.30 or six, it's much better. You get more to the day, right? And so with that, comes a lot of opportunity to be outside and to be how I believe like in a, you know, a place that uh, you can really enjoy life to the fullest. Right. And not that you can't in a wintry place. And I know that there's studies that say people are very happy in some very wintry places. I've seen that, but just in my mind, you know, being out in God's creation, that is heaven in a way. Uh, and certainly in heaven, it will be all created by God and we won't need like the things like the sun because he is the light. He'll light it up. Amen. We won't even need the temple because he is the temple and he's there. I mean, all of these things that we were kind of like inserts or usable for now will fade away when the true design of God is revealed. And that is going to be something I know that will blow our minds. It'll be absolutely perfect. And when we get back, we're going to talk about why it's not like that here on earth. So hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Amen. All right. Welcome back to the program here. Glad you're hanging in with me. Look, we're getting to the meat of this verse here that we're studying today, and that's Genesis 2, passage of scripture, I should say, two verses, Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, this is the man he put in the garden, right? Adam. Of every tree of the garden thou may, mayest freely eat, 
But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Okay. So we see here in these two verses, a very simple proposition. God says, Adam, you're in the garden. Every tree in this garden, you can freely eat every single one, but one. And that one is the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil. Thou shall not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So God says, don't eat it. And God says, here's the consequence if you do. If you eat it, you will die. Now, what does that tell me? Well, that tells me that if they didn't eat it, they wouldn't die. <laughs> if they didn't eat it, they wouldn't die, right? So like, think about this. If there is no death, then they weren't meant to die, right? And so, because you notice that earlier in Genesis 2, it mentions these trees, these two trees, right? In Genesis 2. And we see, I think it's in Genesis 2, 9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So we see these two trees mentioned in verse 9. And then in 16 and 17, we see you can eat any tree, but not the tree of good and evil, which tells me that they were free to eat from the tree of life. I mean, that's what, that's what I mean, I guess, because it says, number one, you can eat anything but this one tree. Okay, so that means the tree of life is acceptable. And then number two, if you eat of this one tree, then you'll die, which means that if he didn't eat of the one tree, he wouldn't die. And so we have this really interesting, um, I don't know, like deduction of facts or whatever you want to call it, that you see that God made man to live forever in a place so abundant, it had a river so vast, it had to split off into four as it left the garden, in a world that was perfect, in a land that I think was very temperate. I mean, think about it. If it was like 20 below zero, would you have a lively garden? Probably not, okay? I mean, I know these are simple things, but think about it. I mean, it was probably tropical, you know? Like um, my wife and I got married. We, we got to go to uh, Puerto Rico, we went to a little island called Culebra. And if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's beautiful. And there was a, we had to take a boat to get out there and you have, they just drive golf carts on that island for the most part. And, you know, it's just, it was very like tropical and also had hills and stuff. But if you go up the hill and the golf cart or wherever it may be, and you go through some bushes here or there, and you end up on a beach that will just take your breath away. And I wasn't shivering. I wasn't cold. Amen. My wife climbed up a tree and pulled off a coconut down, <laughs> you know, and it was just, looked like paradise. Now, of course, I'm not saying it is, okay? And I'm not saying that people live there, don't go through hard times and all this and that. Uh, we won't know par paradise. We won't know true Eden until we're in heaven for the born-again believer. But it certainly wasn't cold. It certainly wasn't frigid. It certainly wasn't like cloudy and oh, right? And I'm, I'm not a, totally against that, you know? I mean, I'm a big football fan and stuff, and it starts raining and it's a little cold. I say, hey, it's good football weather, man. That's a great, I, some of the best times I had playing football was in the rain and the mud and stuff. I'm not against all that. You know, we need that. But hey, Gar Garden of Eden was perfect. And, and they were in perfection. And they were just told, don't eat of this one tree. <laughs> 
And yet we see here in Genesis 2, what does it say? It says that God, verse 15, the preceding verse, Genesis 2, 15, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So God gave man a job, literally held him by the hand, said, here you are. This paradise, I'm going to put you here and you can eat anything you want. And your job is to dress it and keep it, you know? And even my kids asked, they said, well, what are the fruit? on that tree of knowledge of good and evil, what did it look like? This dad, what did it look like? It must have looked really good for them to want to eat it. <laughs> I bet it did. And you see, I mean, I know you see the parallels coming with 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 sin and with temptation, with the world that we live in, things that, that, are, that are pleasant to the sight, amen. And there are so many verses that will back this up that we are living in a day and age where we are tempted to sin, okay? And here's the idea I want you to think about. Belief. Did Adam believe God? And you could say Adam and Eve because he's about to make Eve in the next verse. But did Adam believe God and just disobey? Or did Adam not believe that he would die? Right? What does the devil tell Adam? You won't, surely you won't die, right? So what I want you to think about today for our own application, do we take God at his word? You know, just recently, the last couple of episodes, I've been shocked by how few people have mentioned that the flood could have messed up these rivers. And so everyone's trying to find these rivers. I'm like, oh uh, yeah, there was a global flood that probably messed them up. There's people that aren't taking God at his word. Do you take God at his word? Do you believe that the Bible is true cover to cover? Or do you doubt it? Or do you second guess it? Or do you try to live your own way in spite of God and rebellion to God? I want you to think about that. In the next episode, we're going to spend the whole episode diving into this idea. And I'm going to give you plenty of scripture to back up this idea that God has put us in a place and, and given us a command. And how we act is based upon belief or unbelief. And that is where our entire salvation rests. That's where our whole... Eternity rests on that one idea. Do you believe? And if you believe, you'll act this way. And if you don't believe, you'll act that way. And both ways have great, great consequences. So tune in tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow. Same time, same place.